the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. KDOW. Streaming now on iHeart.com and Radio.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black in Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Money, investing, and more. Lots going on. End of the year, not so much, right? I'd like to say that we are chock full of stories out there today, but there's not. The PR, the press releases start drying up a little bit. It will perhaps surprise nobody who's been following the stock market all year that we tend to be optimistic even in the face of the pandemic. And when I say we, I'm talking about the stock market. Yesterday was very modest losses, um, which I can take. The day four was record highs for the Dow, the NASDAQ, and the S&P 500. So I feel like November really pulled that Santa Claus rally forward as the stock market ripped higher. And even as of two days ago, the stock market said, yeah, yeah, we get the stimulus. We get it. $600 sounds good. 2000 sounds better, but 600 is good. We'll work with that. It doesn't sound to me today that the $2,000 direct stimulus check is going to get okay by the Senate, at least not before the end of the year. So I'm starting to guess maybe... With the new administration, there'll be one more last-ditch stimulus covering as the new administration comes in and starts to kind of assess the damage to the U.S. economy due to COVID. I don't know. Politics are above my pay grades, so to speak. 
or maybe they're below by pay grade, depending on how you want to look at it. Um, yesterday, the big headline news was that a new strain of COVID has been detected in Colorado. So what Europe freaked out about a week ago has hit the U.S. My very basic and limited understanding of infectious disease is that this is not going to be a big problem to the vaccine, but that it is considered 70% more transmittable, easier transmittable. Therefore, the numbers in the short term could get more out of hand if we get together at Christmas and if we get together at New Year's. The numbers that we've we've seen spike dramatically due to get-togethers at Thanksgiving in no way, shape, or form are abating aggressively, but they're not spiking aggressively either now after having aggressively spiked this week. I don't know if that helps or hurts, but okay, so new strain of COVID found that's going to freak people out. UK has extended its lockdown measures. California has extended its stay-at-home order for Southern California and for San Joaquin Valley. It's pretty scary stuff out there. I have a friend of the family who is a nurse in Southern California, and she's not an ICU nurse. She's different kind of nurse, so she's on different floors. But for months and months and months, I never understood, like, why aren't you taking this seriously? Because you'd see her on Facebook, like, I don't want to say out in public kissing boys, but I felt she was, like, out in public hanging out drinking wine with boys and girls. You know, like, um, my family's locked down. We're not hanging out with anyone. Like, why are you so open? Well, she's in Orange County, and that's a very Republican area, and the, the Republican messaging from their leader, Donald Trump, has been no big deal. Go out and live your life. I had COVID. I knocked out. Ta-da. Um, I get it all. So she's sick now with COVID. <laughs> so it's just it, putting this piece of the puzzle together. Do you stay at home and lock down or do you just go out and get it? Both are okay in my mind. But they don't play the same on Wall Street and they don't play the same on, you know, small business activity. So we're going through that at the end of the year. This is a market that the bad news doesn't get us down. I don't know if you ever saw the bad news bears. Great movie when I was a child. I kind of wanted to be on that baseball team, even though I wasn't the biggest baseball team fan when I was seven, eight, nine, ten. Um, this is a, a market that goes to bad news fine. It rips through it. The market is a perpetual optimist. Um, we got another vaccine approved, not in the United States, but in the UK, the AstraZeneca Oxford COVID vaccine. That kind of headline news is losing its impact. It's the demon known versus the demon unknown. We know that we have a vaccine. In this case, it's not a demon, right? It's a good thing. But now we're seeing how the next three to six months plays out <clears throat> as far as spikes in infections. Can we get back down to these crazy low levels that we were at? And when I say crazy low levels, they weren't crazy low back in March, right? Um, but this is full-on, full-court press right now. COVID's winning. It's killing people at an aggressive level. Um, and yet the market is a perpetual optimist. 
looking back over its shoulder and saying, oh, yeah, yeah, thanks, Federal Reserve. Thanks, you, uh, Federal Stimulus Packages. Uh, the question is, what's next? And it's tough for me to really get terribly excited other than to say the next six months, conditions are perfect for the stock market. But after that, I think it gets a little bit tougher. And there's a question mark that we're going to be questioning early in 2021, the runoff races for the two Georgia Senate seats. That's going to take place on January 5th, which if you open your calendars, which I don't suggest you do right now, it's Tuesday. So less than seven days from now. I don't know if I said it correctly yesterday or not. I'm not sure who's out spending home, but this this is huge, these two Senate races. It feels like at times Democrats are outspending the Republicans or and then no no the Republicans are outspending it's it's quite a punch it's packing. Um the stimulus checks that Trump wants, the two thousand dollars versus the six hundred that we've approved, kind of runs counterintuitive to Republicans who want to look fiscally conservative. Which, for the record, I think is a big old crock of poop. I think both both parties want to look a certain way, but neither party has ever looked at, hey, government money? That's a good thing for my constituents. Let's get me reelected. Like, I feel that, that that's kind of like the messaging that we should be all kind of know is the truth. A congressman has never met a dollar they didn't want to spend, if you know what I'm saying. So potential tax hikes will be on the table if two Senate seats go Democrat next Tuesday. That would be something Wall Street would not necessarily like. I'm good with however it plays out. Very optimistic market. I'm Rob Black, Optimist Financial, Money Investing. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Portions of our programming are brought to you by our good friends at Provident Credit Union. With 21 Bay Area locations to serve you and your banking needs, visit ProvidenceCU.org. Now back to Rob Black and your money with your host, Rob Black, on the Bay Area's business leader, AM 1220 KDOW. things financial money investing and more not a lot going on this time of year as far as I don't want to say the word strategery because that's wrong um, but there's not a lot of drama 
on the last day before the last day of the year. I'm actually okay with that. Apple hit an all-time high yesterday for just a second. And then it pulled back. It was a buy signal when it was reported out of the Nikkei that iPhone production was being boosted. That gave the stock the chance to go back to its all-time high, and it did. Short-term, what's the catalyst to get us higher? There were some headlines over Christmas that said people were having problems activating their phones, their iPads, their watches. And that probably implied they probably have a lot of switches turning on all at the same time, and the system got a little overwhelmed. Um, the phone is their core product. The stock is not cheap at 25 times EBITDA estimates. EBITDA, again, is a funny acronym. Earnings before interest, tax, depreciation, and amortization. I don't like it when we're starting to look at companies not on PE levels, price to earnings. The price of the stock versus how much it's starting. And you can see the historical norms. And then you go, okay, well, let's look at free cash flow. Or let's say if a company's not earning money, let's just take a look at the price-to-sales ratio. I think the company that I talked to you a lot about this year called DraftKings, which, for the record, I'm not big into gambling. I think it ruins a lot of people's lives. But my job on the show is not to talk about social issues. It's to talk about investment issues. And I think states' budgets will dry up pretty aggressively in 2021. And early on this year, I identified DraftKings and Penn National Racing as ways that states will look to add new tax revenue to their coffers, so to speak. I still think it's interesting. Do I like it on a PE level? No. Do I like it on a price-to-sales ratio? I do. They're growing their sales aggressively, but they're still losing money. As sports open back up, I, I think it's a play on states' budgets, more so than on people being degenerate gamblers. I don't think they're going to make all the money from bankrupting all of America. Because gambling always seems to be problematic for people's lives. Um, a stock that I like very much, that I'm very interested in, that I don't own beyond meat, they should be a reopening play on restaurants. Again, we have an administration on the way out dealing with the COVID vaccine issues. We have an administration that's coming in that will have to deal with leftover COVID vaccination issues. And the Biden administration seems to be saying everything right for reopening in June, July, August, September of 2021. Seems to be a bit of a moving target based on when do I get my shot? The good news is the last big gathering of the year happens in two days. And then after that, maybe Super Bowl parties will be super infectious spreader disease events. I don't know. But Beyond Meat should look better as they get back into restaurants reopening. DoorDash is a recent IPO. And money has flowed into recovery stocks and out-of-state home stocks. They came public almost the day the vaccine was announced, right? It feels like that. 
So I'm a little bit leery on some stay-at-home socks that were late to the party. There's many, 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 many um, stocks that I, I'm very interested in that that kind of grew up or came to fruition in COVID-19 times. I, I'm, I don't own Zoom, but I'm intrigued to see how it plays out in 2021. And I do believe that a lot of business will be done through Zoom in the future. So anyway, Peter Thiel, he's one of those rich billionaire tech value investors. He took stake in a company yesterday. Wait, no, no, he disclosed his stake in a company yesterday. Um, and it, to me, it's kind of interesting. There's some, I don't, I almost want to call them celebrity investors, but that's not quite right. Maybe high profile billionaires that looking into the way they think is interesting. So Peter Thiel took a position in a company that I've never really followed that I ordered some research materials on called Absalal, how do you say this? ABC Alara? Absalara. It feels like we've run out of every good name for businesses in 2020. So now we're up with Absalara. And I'll be interested to see what the story is there. I hope you do a little bit of digging in the dirt of investment news like I do. I'm not a big fan of coming up with predictions for 2020. It's not my thing. I'm not a big fan for coming up with predictions for 2021. Um, it just, it feels like that takes time that takes away from my research. Um, but will 2021 be filled with surprises? It probably will, but I always assume no surprises. So I'm looking at the first six months of 2021 as a good environment for stock investing. I think stocks will go up a more boring amount than they did this year. Um, I think bonds will drop a very boring amount. I don't think it, I don't see a lot of drama here right now. I don't see the Fed uh, reversing course dramatically. The vaccine has to get distributed in 2021. There will be some hiccups, no doubt about it. Um, I think inflation's on the way. So one of the stories of 2021 should be oil recovered nicely at the back end of 2020, and it should be poised to continue higher as the dollar gets weaker. The dollar should get weaker as we continue to print money to solve our problems with stimulus issues. First six months of 2021 looked good. But we have to start getting ready for what I would refer to as the great moderation. Um, we've spent a lot of government money in 2020. And in 2021, at some point, we're going to have to start thinking about when will people earn their own to support the people. I'm Rob Black, talking about financial money. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. 
I do love how Wall Street plays out with story-driven narratives. For instance, Mexico is legalizing marijuana. The cartel capital of the world is in the process of legalizing cannabis from farming to distribution. I would say that's a big disruptive headline, but I don't know everything. Uh, more electric vehicles should disrupt Saudi Arabia's economy. Interesting times. They, too, have an oil cartel uh, or a cartel in the world of oil. Um, some businesses a little bit more open. Some businesses a little bit more closed. And it's very dramatic. Let's bring in Patrick O'Hare one last time for 2020. And then we can give it the big old kiss off that it deserves. Um, Mr. O'Hare, how are you today? Hey, good morning, Rob. I'm doing well. Thank you. Do we do a recap? Do we talk about Boeing? Do we talk about COVID? Uh, do we talk about the transition of power? A lot of big headlines at the end of the year as far as um, Wall Street in remembrance for 2020, or do we just go straight into 2021? How are you feeling about uh, this time of year per se, sir? Right, right. Well, you know, we might as well say we could go right into 2022 because we've already been living in 2021 as far as the stock market is concerned. Um, you know, from, from my vantage point, that's really the, you know, the, the only uh, rationalizing factor in terms of, um, well, not the only one, but what I'm driving at is that the market has clearly looked well ahead of what's been happening this year and looking into 2021 for, for much better returns on, on many fronts, and, uh, in particular the health front, obviously with the ability to distribute COVID vaccines and, and those numbers picking up as the year progresses. Uh, but, you know, we're trading a lofty earnings multiple uh, that's predicated in large part on the idea that the uh, earnings uh, acceleration and earnings growth is, is going to not only deliver what is currently expected, but is going to uh, deliver above and beyond what's currently expected. That's how it's being, you know, rationalizing this this lofty multiple, of, you know, 22 times forward 12 month earnings the market's trading at right now. So, um, yeah, you know, as we look back. Clearly a fantastic year for the stock market. Um, there's no way around it. You have an S&P 500 that's up close to 16% before dividends right now. And, uh, you know, there's a lot to talk about around that. But uh, but pure and simple, from a stock investor standpoint, this was a great year. We vibe with each other, or I'm picking up your vibe, so to speak. Um I remember this time last year, we were talking about lofty valuations on Wall Street. We we're going to 2020 with a nine, 10 year bull market, which came to a dramatic close. No one could have predicted COVID the way it played out, or maybe they could have, but I don't know. It was just a dramatic event for Wall Street Digest. It did digest it. Um, right now, my, my commentary on the market is like 2021 should have a pretty easy six month environment before it starts really saying, okay, what's next? Is it higher taxes? Is it lower taxes? Is it more stimulus? Is it less stimulus? Um, but the stories seem obvious right now. Like energy should be a reopening trade. It should be the reopening. Like we should almost put all of our money in energy stocks and restaurant stocks and companies that are mm -hmm. going to be benefiting from more cash coming their way. Is it too obvious? Should we go with the obvious at this point in time, or should we go, oh, I bet there will be a COVID, a new COVID, or maybe a Russian yeah. nuclear detente, or maybe Kim Jong-un 
you know, decides to throw a missile around or something like that. Um, is it so obvious to you? Because it seems so obvious in, in, to me, and I'm a lower scale financial media than you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, so, no, no, no. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's, 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 I think it's very obvious. Um, and I think you, you've seen that uh, manifest itself in this fourth quarter action we've been seeing. I mean, you have the, the Russell 2000, right, is up, you know, uh, what, 32%. <laughs> okay. This this quarter alone. So, um, you know, you've seen the manifestation of this uh, obvious recovery trade start to play out and play out in spades in a number of respects. You see a number of those. I mean, look at the cruise line stocks, for Pete's sake. They're not even doing any business, really. And, you know, they've doubled pretty much and from their lows. So the market has already sniffed out that recovery trade. But I think more to the question, Rob, what you're saying is, like, can this continue? And I think, you know, we have a bit of a template in terms of how the stay-at-home, work-from-home stocks performed in 2020 for most of 2020 and can apply that to these recovery plays in 2021 because, you know, the market can, can really uh, snatch onto a, a theme and, and, and not let go of it, even though you, you can make an argument that a lot of things are overbought, overextended, overvalued. Uh, but the staying factor for those thematic trades is the persistence of low interest rates and the promise of monetary and fiscal stimulus. Um, those things have not been taken away yet. Interest rates have been creeping up at the long end of the curve, but they're still low. Uh, real rates are negative. Um, you know, we are clearly getting more monetary uh, stimulus and a promise not to do anything to take that away anytime soon. And fiscal stimulus is coming as well. So uh, so you have a good good backdrop, certainly, to make things pretty obvious as it relates to uh, good return prospects for recovery plays in 2021. But as you also allude to, there's kind of always that exogenous factor that looms out there that, you know, can spoil all of the best of, of intentions. Uh, and, you know, when you go into a year already at a rich valuation, I think investors need to be kind of more mindful of, of also accounting for increased hedging activity for, for potential downside risk, right? So the market itself, because it's already pricing so much good news for 2021, it's not out of the realm of possibility that even if you get, say, a good start or or a bad start, what have you, that we just go sideways and digest uh, a lot of what we priced in this year in 2021, uh, and that perhaps those returns won't be as pronounced as a lot of talking heads are suggesting they will be. And one of the potential impediments in that, uh, in our estimation, is this idea that if you get this unleashing of pent-up demand and you get an acceleration in economic activity, you would almost have to get a jump in interest rates to follow along there. And now the direction of rates is important, but the pace of the of the increase is going to be even more important. And if you get a fast pace of increase in long-term rates, uh, even though the Fed might try to intervene to keep that from happening, uh, the stock market could, could have some issues, right, that uh, are not being accounted for at this point in time. It's interesting that you say that because we're going, obviously going to transition to a Democratic president, which I want to remind everyone, the stock market went up under Carter, it went up under Reagan, it went up under George Bush Sr., George Bush Jr., it went up under Clinton, it went up under Obama, it went up under it, – it, well, it's more about capitalism to me than it is about who's in power, and yet there's some good questions like, will Biden – be less dramatic? Will he help the environment? Should we go after green stocks or environmentally friendly stocks or electric vehicle stocks? 
There's already talks of Tesla benefiting under Biden enormously uh, because maybe that'll be his mandate to clean up the environment or be perceived as that. Um, are you looking at the transition to Democrat president and maybe Democrat Senate or maybe not, maybe a split government? Are you, yeah. How are you approaching the political issues as they uh, digest into the world of investing? Yeah, so I think we have to get over one more important speed bump, um, and it's on January 5th, right? That's the, the, the runoff date for this Georgia Senate seat, right? That will help give us an indication of whether we're going to have a split Congress or if it's going to, in fact, be controlled by Democrats in both both houses. Uh, and if the two Democratic challengers win those elections, well, I think you're going to see some near-term upset because the knee-jerk uh, understanding is that, well, that now puts corporate tax hikes and higher capital gains tax rates back on the legislative agenda, right? But the way that this market works, because it has so much monetary underpinning here, uh, it will probably then take a step back and, and then rationalize uh, a, a comeback effort on the grounds that, oh, well, this means then you're going to get more fiscal stimulus in 2021, and then that's ultimately, a, you know, a good thing. And I think really one of the deciding factors ends up being, you know, when do, do bond vigilantes always ultimately step up and, and hold the U.S. to account for the, you know, extraordinary increase in the deficits that we're running, right? And if you see that start to manifest itself in some uh, unruly gyrations, if you will, in the treasury market, you've got some issues that you're going to have to deal with. So it's kind of how I'm looking at it. I think the market will find a way to rationalize either outcome from the Georgia Senate Senate race. Uh, But again, I would remind your listeners to really stay focused on what goes on with long-term interest rates, because that will ultimately undercut these uh, high valuations in the equity market if they happen to rise and rise appreciably. Thanks very much. We've got about 30 seconds left. Any final thoughts, any final ideas for 2020, 2021 as we move forward? Well, I just, you know, want to thank you, Rob, you know, for giving me the opportunity to, to speak to you and your listeners, you know, every week. It's, it's definitely a highlight of my week as well. And, and, I, and I greatly appreciate that. And I look forward to, uh, to continuing the effort in 2021. You do great work. It's wildly appreciated. Thank you, Mr. O'Hare. It's Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com. Briefing is a wonderful resource of both domestic and international news as it ties into the financial markets. There's a lot there for people to play around with. It's a website. <laughs> it's a research site. I feel that the bias is not necessarily bullish, which I appreciate, but the bias is reported on how it plays out. And again, you can find something for sure at briefing.com for whatever type of investor you are. If you like IPOs, they have story stocks, they have value stocks, they have momentum stocks. Um, Every single day I start my day with briefing.com. Patrick O'Hare is the first person that I read. His page one, solid information. Early leadership in cyclical stocks today. Um, positive news on another vaccine getting approved for emergency use in the UK. All ultimately building a story here. You can find me online at Rob Black Show. You can find briefing at briefing.com. Out of student loans and treehouse homes, we all would take the ladder. My, my name's Blurry.
Portions of our programming are brought to you by our good friends at Provident Credit Union. With 21 Bay Area locations to serve you and your banking needs, visit ProvidenceCU.org. Now back to Rob Black and your money with your host, Rob Black, on the Bay Area's business leader, AM 1220 KDOW. This is the perfect song. We should probably end the year on this song. Called Stressed Out. And if 2020 was anything, we had a blurry face, stuff to like, got it. And we kind of want to move on. We want to think about our childhood. We want to think about our mom and dad. We want to think about our best friends from like riding bicycles as kids. Like when we were the main characters of Stranger Things versus watching Stranger Things on Netflix. Um, I love 21 Pilots. It's a weird band because, um, their sound is so different from song to song to song to song. So it doesn't have a vibe. Like every killer song to me sounds kind of the same. I like the killers. Don't get me wrong. A lot of Imagine Dragon songs sound very similar. You hear the guitar riff, but 21 Pilots, they do a very, very nice job of, of changing things up. Anyway, I feel that the urge to say one last time, 2020 was a stressful time. I've not taken much time off. I took off like July 4th. I took off some of these half days here and there. Uh, I'll probably take off a little bit more time in 2021, but when things are stressful, it's, it's, it makes investing a little bit more difficult for you and I. Um, and I kind of want you to acknowledge that. You did good. You should be proud. Um, you got through a bear market. It wasn't a big one. It wasn't a long one, but you got through it. If I could come up with like swag to give out, um, it would be I survived the 2020 pandemic investment market or something along those lines. Like you get T-shirts like, hey, I'm stupid or I'm with stupid and the arrow pointing to stupid kind of thing. You got through 2020. It's okay. It's like one of those horrible movies where the building erupts in flames and Dwayne the Rock Johnson has to get his little daughter and his wife out of the building safely and people are dying, people are jumping off and terrorists are blowing up extra boat levels and, you know, boats are going to the bottom of the ocean. Like, it's, it's a disaster. 2020 was a disaster. And yet the stock market came through it. I want you to have that feeling at the end of every horrible disaster movie where the big muscly guy comes up to his wife who probably divorced him 20 years ago and her husband died during the movie. Gives her a big hug and there's this big old, ah, the sun's coming up. There's that kind of the sun that will come out tomorrow. 2020 is almost over and we got through it. <laughs> and it was a, a poop show to say the least. Um, you should feel a little stressed out. So if you can take a little bit of time off at the end of the year, do reward yourself. Um, and just know that I will always be here in some way, shape, or form when radio ends, and it will eventually end. Um, you can find me online. And when TV ends, it will eventually end. You can find me online. And hopefully we've all learned something through this whole process of a poop show of a year. $600 stimulus checks started going out last night. I heard some people actually got them deposited in their online banking accounts. Overnight. I appreciate that. So, I know. Um, it's really interesting because 20 years ago, I probably would have been like, stimulus checks? Let's just run up the deficit, stupid us kind of thing. We have to pay that at some point. I don't think we ever have to pay it. We just have to kick it down the road. 
which sucks because when you have kids, you're like, well, maybe they're going to have to deal with it. And then their kids' kids will have to deal with it. Um, this has been a poop show of a year. I cannot stop saying that, right? Um, there's a lot of positives with vaccines, and I, I'm hoping that this was a disruptive year in a positive way. And what do I mean by that is I hope we do pull forward telehealth, and our, our healthcare system is embarrassing in the United States. We pay a lot for it, and we have horrible outcomes. Um, it's just, it doesn't feel right. So I hope we get through this and improve that area. I feel the vaccines in the world, we really kickstarted 21st century effort in dealing with infectious disease. I think a lot of technology of what Moderna and Pfizer and BioNTech are doing will help with heart disease and cancer treatments in the future. So that's a positive. See how I'm trying to work this in positives? Intel's being urged to break up and look for strategic alternatives. What a world we live in, right? Intel used to be a dominant, dominant, dominant tech investment. And now they're kind of boring. Facebook will be eventually be that way. Um, will Amazon eventually just be known as another retailer, or will they always be thought of as the sexy e-commerce player? Well, they'll be known eventually as a, another retailer. Um, one of the big stories this year, Mexico has legalized marijuana. The cartel capital of the world is in the process of legalizing cannabis from farming to distribution. And they want to become the world's largest cannabis legal market. Officials hope boosting cannabis competition will reduce its price, driving down demand for underground drug markets. Mexican congressmen um, are wanting to change the image of their country. And I, I, I'm, I'm okay. That's something I can work with investing. Boeing 737 MAX is back in action. A lot of stories in financial media yesterday on that news. Boeing could have a slow, grinding return to normalcy. And there still could be a lot of value in that stock. I don't own any directly. Clearly, I own some through S&P 500 funds and things like that. Uh, but that's a passive investment, per se. Would I fly on a, a 737 MAX? I would. So uh, the day before I got married... I swam with sharks because why not? <laughs> you know, if a shark were to eat me, that's a good way to go. I'd get on a plane. If it's meant to go down, it's meant to go down. That's my imaging of how I approach the world. Humorous story yesterday. Speaking of a big predator lurking out there, uh, Bitcoin. NFL players have a habit of setting goals and trying to achieve them, right? Yesterday, we learned a big story. Russell Okung, a Pro Bowl tackle for the Carolina Panthers, wants to take half of his money in Bitcoin. Um, so if he, let's say he gets paid $10 million a year to play football. He wants $5 million cash, dollars, and $5 million in Bitcoin. That's not exactly a defining moment in the world of Bitcoin. But there's been a lot of moments for Bitcoin this year. Say it should go higher. Consult a broker advisor for taking action and sucks everyone on the show. Thank you so much for listening. I wildly appreciate it. I'm Rob Block. Three. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.